What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Bennett from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the Box has become such a huge success, we're giving it its own podcast feed. You guys have come out in droves and made this thing such a huge project for us. It's unbelievable. So, Outside the Box is moving to its own individual podcast feed starting in October. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod to know when that pod feed goes live so you can subscribe there. You don't miss a single beat of what Herm and I are bringing. You don't miss any guests. And uh, you can always drop those five-star ratings and reviews to uh, pump the pod feed up and uh, make it an even bigger success as we head into year two of lacrosse coverage right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. So yes, the month of October, outside the box, its own podcast feed. Get hype. We'll see you guys soon. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mikey Ostrowski, joined by Mr. Kyle Bennett. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm just drinking some regular water tonight as we always uh, discuss what I'm drinking. And uh, my fantasy teams, well, they absolutely stunk this week. My Eagles absolutely stunk this week. And uh, it's, it's not a good time for me in football, but... Uh, we'll have some. We have a ton of around the league news to talk about. Uh, I made a trade in our our keeper league that both me and Mikey are in today. Mikey also made a trade, so we'll discuss that. And uh, hopefully, better horizons are on the way as we reach the midway point of the 2019 season. It is week eight, Mikey. Hey man, if it makes you feel better, my Panthers didn't get a win this week either. Yeah, they beat the bye. <laughs> You know, what's crazy is uh, I always boast about how great Christian McCaffrey is. If I told you that Christian McCaffrey was going to have more fantasy points this week than Sam Darnold, would you have believed me? Um, Not at all. And yet, here we are. <laughs> here we are, because Sam Darnold is... Uh, I feel bad for him, man. Abysmal, dude. Um, he He literally had negative fantasy points he had negative uh, in in our in our keeper league where we don't lose points for fumbles Thank <laughs> he God. negative 0.66 points you would have been better off starting literally anyone else at the quarterback position than sam darnold this week absolutely ridiculous the patriots defense is on some sort of you know mike's super juice from space jam or you know they've got a little bit of a you know, whatever, Dude, they, whatever the Hulk has, you know, they're on another level. They took that super juice and injected steroids directly into it. It's ridiculous. It's insane. And they got, are the they are the 11th ranked uh, fantasy football player right now in the entire league. Dumb. Absolutely stupid. And they got even better today. Um, dare, I, dare I start to kick this thing around the league, Mikey? 
Yeah, take us, take us, uh, take us around, man. Uh, so starting things off because the NFL trade deadline is next week. Um, so Mikey and I next week will probably have an absolutely ridiculous show to talk about. But the Patriots got things going bright and early this morning as they traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Now uh, this is a little bit telling because Mohamed Sanu is expected to visit the Patriots after he visited with the Falcons back in 2016 when he signed as a free agent. Um, the Patriots were trying to trade for him at the NFL draft along with the 49ers. But uh, Mohamed Sanu is now your slot receiver, uh, you know, multi-weapon combo with the New England Patriots. And uh, he's got a better passer rating in his career than Tom Brady. So uh, is there a quarterback controversy in New England, Mikey? <laughs> I don't think so. But I will say I, um, I, I'm just so confused by the move. I know Mohamed Sanu is he's – a, he's a significantly better receiver than he gets credit for. For but, sure. I mean, they have Julian Edelman working out of the slot most of the time. Are these two going to create like a tandem? Are they going to – is Sanu going to move outside? Is Edelman going to move outside? Like I want to know how this is all going to work. I have a feeling Sanu's going to move outside, and this move is a little bit more telling and uh, could potentially speak volumes of how the Patriots are treating Josh Gordon's ankle injury. Or yes. they just don't feel that much more confident in Philip Dorsett, which I don't know why you wouldn't because he's had a fantastic season so far when uh, Antonio Brown was off the roster. But this is just what the Patriots do. They make these moves. They set the market. So now the wide receiver market is absolutely bonkers because you traded for a wide receiver three, essentially, in real-life football and in fantasy football. You trade a second-round pick. And granted, Mohamed Sanu has another year left on his contract, but the Patriots will probably uh, release him in some fashion or try to trade him after the season. But, you know, the Patriots, uh, they the rich get richer is the saying, Mikey. And they also added to their 11th-ranked fantasy defense and special teams as they, uh, they signed Justin Bethel, who is an absolute uh, stellar special teamer, in the words of Ian Rappaport, former Baltimore Raven. Uh, so that number 11 ranked defense and special teams in fantasy just got that much more deep because Justin Bethel is now joining the Patriots. It is absolutely ridiculous. We were just talking about this before we got on the air, and uh, it's kind of hard to argue that anyone else is more of a fantasy MVP than the Patriots defense. They're almost a top 10 player. They are right outside, and... You know, they still play AFC East games this year. And, you know, I don't think I can remember a defending Super Bowl champion having this easy of a schedule through the first half of the season. Oh, it's it's been absolutely nuts. I mean, their second half is significantly more difficult. Um, but I don't think this defense is going to fold or I don't even know if this defense is going to bend at all. I, I think they're still going to be able to keep up. Um, I don't expect them to have over 20 fantasy points every single week going forward because of the schedule, but, I mean, they're still very clearly the obvious number one fantasy defense uh, by far for the rest of the season. Yeah, they are absolutely ridiculous. And speaking of wide receivers, Mikey, the Broncos uh, start their their selling, and uh, they trade Emmanuel Sanders this afternoon to the 49ers along with a fifth-round pick in exchange for a third and fourth round pick. Um, this is exactly what the doctor ordered for Jimmy Garoppolo and this 49ers offense. We've talked about Emmanuel Sanders being 
a potential target for the 49ers uh, on this show. And I think this is the perfect combo. And, you know, this is going to do wonders for that offense and make it more multidimensional. How do you feel about Emmanuel Sanders' fantasy value as he heads out west even more to San Francisco? I I don't know. Um, I... I think it almost diminishes a little bit, and that's not going to be the. It, well, I was going to say that's not going to be the popular consensus on Twitter or with you, I would imagine, or or really with anyone. But I just, for the same reason why George Kittle has seen such a, a downtick in usage this year, it's just there are so many mouths to feed over in San Francisco, and yeah, maybe having this legitimate wide receiver. Uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe he will become a focal point of the offense, but it's still a a run first offense. You know, it's led by Kyle Shanahan. That's just how he likes to do things. And even though I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be splitting a ton of targets, I think he's actually going to lose targets from moving to Denver to San Francisco. So I think it's a phenomenal uh, move for the San Franciscos in real life. But I just I I don't know how behind it I am in fantasy. Now, it's going to affect two teams, and I think for the 49ers, it's going to help in the sense that George Kittle's going to get more involved now. He's not going to draw the full-blown double teams now because you have to worry about the speed and the the hands of Emmanuel Sanders. He's one of the few speed guys in this league that you know can burn you downfield and also catch the ball, Deshaun Jackson being another notable one uh, because there's a lot of speed guys in the NFL that don't have hands. Emmanuel Sanders is one of those guys, and it's hard to believe that Emmanuel Sanders is now on his third team. You know, you think about you, you forget that he was a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers way back when, and uh, you know, then he was with the Broncos, and now he's going to the 49ers. But I think this helps Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this helps the running backs immensely too, because now they're not going to be relied upon heavily to uh, do a lot of you know dink and dunk catching, and it's going to open up the offense a lot. I like this move a lot for the 49ers. And I like this move a lot for the Broncos because now Cortland Sutton is your defined number one wide receiver. Yeah, and I know you have a bit of a uh, excitement, we'll call it, for Cortland Sutton. Um, so I'm sure that makes you really happy as not only a Cortland Sutton um, owner, but just a Cortland Sutton truther in general. You've been high on him since he entered the league. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a big Emmanuel Sanders fan, so now he goes to an undefeated 49ers team, which is so hard to believe that through week you know, week seven they are undefeated still. Um, and he has a, a That's legitimate That's where it's going to end, by the way. He's got a legitimate shot to, you know, get to the playoffs again and, and make a run <laughs> because that 49ers team is legit. As a Cortland Sutton fan, owner, and truther, I am ecstatic because now we might see, you know, the true Cortland Sutton. And, you know, we've talked about this numerous times. Cortland Sutton has performed better with Emmanuel Sanders off the field. So uh, we'll see what the Broncos continue to do. You know, there's rumors that Chris Harris Jr. might get traded off of their defense. I do know for a fact Von Miller is not going anywhere. Um, But the Broncos open things up and they trade Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers. And then uh, just a couple defensive upgrades. The Seahawks acquire Quandre Diggs for a, uh, and a seventh-round pick in 2021 um, from the Lions in exchange for a fifth-round pick in 2020, just adding to this new-age Seahawks defense that is absolutely you know disgusting in real life. But I think they've struggled a bit in fantasy recently. 
But uh, I think this move's going to help the Seahawks' defense a lot in terms of depth in that secondary. Um, how do you feel about the Seahawks' defense so far? Because they haven't been as dominant as a lot of people probably expected once they got to Devion Clowney. Yeah, it's they're serviceable in, in terms of fantasy football, um, but they're they're not anything spectacular. And honestly, like if we're talking strictly for fantasy, um, I would start them over these next two weeks. They have, I believe, games against Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Um, but after that, their schedule gets pretty difficult for the remainder of the season. So I'm probably going to fade them as a fantasy defense. Uh, with that being said, I don't necessarily want my real-life team, the Carolina Panthers, I don't necessarily want them to go against that defense. So I think it's one of those things where it doesn't really translate into fantasy points, but they are they are a good defense. Agreed, and my Eagles see them in a few weeks, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but some, some brutal news for the Lions as well. Uh, the Lions place on Johnson on injured reserve with a knee injury. Uh, he had a procedure done this morning, but the, the hope is that he can return this season Carry-on Johnson owners have to be absolutely sick. Yeah, and if you're a carry-on Johnson owner, um, you probably already know this, but you have to go out and you have to grab Ty Johnson from Detroit. And if you can't get him, you could even take a shot on J.D. McKissick because I think those two are going to be potentially in a timeshare. Um, Ty Johnson, I think, is going to be a bit better for the PPR leagues. He was he actually took a few snaps um, out of a slot this past week, and they actually looked pretty decent doing it. Uh, with that being said, you can't really expect on Johnson-type numbers from either of these guys, even though on Johnson has been less than stellar this year. Uh, but nonetheless, it is definitely a blow for the on Johnson owners. Definitely, and you know, uh, this week too, we saw that um, Matt Ryan was in a walking boot, but he is looking like he's trending towards playing. This week, um, you know, with the loss of Muhammad Sanu in that trade now and the three receiving options being Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Austin Hooper, who is your guy, uh, what are your expectations now if Matt Ryan isn't 100% to finish this season because it, it sounds like his ankle is, uh, you know, is going to give him issues if he was in a walking boot in the fourth quarter after that brutal loss to the Rams? Matt Ryan going forward, I'm not entirely worried about him just because he is not he's not exactly a movement-based quarterback he doesn't do a lot of scrambling he definitely doesn't do a lot of running I think if this offensive line can protect him at least a little bit um which granted that's a tall order for this Falcons offensive line to protect anyone but I do think he's going to have relatively the same uh value moving forward I still think he's going to be good for those 300 yard games two pa- two passing touchdowns and so on um I I would be surprised to see him play in week eight, especially since they have the, the bye in week nine. Um, I would expect them to just let him rest until they come back after the bye in week 10. Um, so with that being said, I'm probably not starting him this week if he is playing for Atlanta. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough scene for those Falcons. And, you know, looking at my Eagles, too, it's so weird because we are the Falcons one win and the Packers one loss. Um, but I think that's all the the news and notes. The Texans also acquired Gary on Conley to boost, uh, you know, put a little boost in their secondary from the Oakland Raiders. Quote of the week comes from John Gruden. Uh, we want to get a better look at our young guys. John, Gary on Conley is 24. So I guess 24 is the new 30 out in Oakland, Mikey. <laughs> 24 is the new 30. 
Um, but yeah, so wrapping up with the news, I before we even talk about the the, the stellar players of the week, I I just. Oh, well, you know what? This is bringing up a stellar player, but Marvin Jones, man. Like, I just want to jump right into what a the. Beast. I know, and he is the reason why I have my first loss in my dynasty league this year. Because, dude, forty-three points, four touchdowns, just under just under a hundred receiving yards. Like, where the hell did that come from? This guy has done almost nothing all season, and then he realizes, oh. I'm playing against Mikey. Let's go off. Yep, I played against him in our league as well. Where uh, Mikey, you wouldn't believe this, but uh, with my team fully healthy outside of Matt Ryan that I started this week, I had one guy in double digits, that being Cortland Sutton, and uh, I put up a whopping sixty-one point oh six points. Oh my god, that's terrible, dude. You just hate to see it. You hate to see it. I love to see it. I love when you score low, but you love when I score low, so it's okay. For sure, and uh, it, it's a it's it's not great times right now as I sit in tenth place in our league, about to take yet another loss this week playing against our buddy Dylan. So going forward, Marvin Jones, he's obviously not going to have four touchdowns uh, in a single game, probably for the rest of his career, because that is just a that's a career game. That is absolutely stellar. Most receivers don't get to see that. Um, Moving forward, do you think you can trust him as an every week wide receiver two or even an every week wide receiver three? Or do you think he's kind of that boom or bust play? Well, the way that uh, this Lions offense is trending right now with no carry on Johnson looks like they're going to be pass heavy. So I I think that Marvin Jones is going to be a guy that's going to get more involved now because the Lions are going to have to throw the ball more now that they don't have their number one running back. Yeah, and I'd have to agree with that, and I'm really regretting trading him away. Um, I traded him away literally a week and a half ago. Um, the the day or two after I traded him away, he put up three and a half points against Green Bay, and I was like, all right, cool, great trade. And then he puts up 43 this week, and I'm like, oh, well, I probably could have got a lot more for him, but oh well. Yeah, and uh, one other thing we forgot around the league, uh, one of our uh, bold predictions has finally come to an end, as uh, Will Fuller expected to miss. <laughs> Multiple weeks with a hamstring injury that damn ham... I will give Will Fuller my hamstring. Uh, But he makes it half the season because if you include the bye week, he's not going to be playing there. So that is half of the NFL season Will Fuller played without missing a game. Or started, I should say, without missing a game. And uh, that's a a mini moral victory for me. That's one lap around the track. And uh, (laughs) wishing my boy Will Fuller nothing but the best. For sure. But speaking of Will Fuller... His counterpart, DeAndre Hopkins, finally was able to string together a DeAndre Hopkins game, going over 100 yards, nine receptions, and a touchdown. Should have had two touchdowns, but the refs made a absolutely terrible call. I don't know if you were watching that game. I was but... not. I was in uh, on in a car on my way home from Vermont from an absolutely awesome wedding. Um, but, you know, what else is new? The refs are uh, always making horrendous calls in games nowadays. Mm-hmm. No, no, this was really bad. So Deshaun Watson, he was scrambling in the backfield. He escaped a sack, and there was another one coming in. It looked like they were about to get him for a sack, and then at last minute, he threw it away as he was being dragged down, hit DeAndre Hopkins right in the end zone. It was a beautiful touchdown. They waved it as a touchdown, and then they realized, oh, wait, one of the refs blew the play dead before Deshaun Watson was even 
on his way down to the ground. He was still fully standing upright with his football about to be thrown out of his hand, and the refs waved it down. It was it was so frustrating to watch as a DeAndre Hopkins owner, especially because looking back at it now, that play probably would have won me my match. Um, but it's dude, the, the, this ref play, these ref calls this year are it's, abysmal. It's ruining real life football. It's ruining fantasy football. It's ruining DFS. It's ruining gambling, you know, and now with gambling and, and, you know, sports betting being legal the way that it is in a ton of States, it was just, you know, FanDuel Sportsbook, not a sponsor, um, you know, just went live in Indiana. So it's going, you know, statewide now. It's not just in New Jersey where I am and you are. Uh, it's going everywhere. And these refs are ruining the the flow of the game. It's, it's painful to watch because now every single play, you're looking for a flag for something because they just yeah. feel obligated to throw the flag. And the NFL needs to do something about it. And get rid of a uh, good old Alberto Riveron, as Pat McAfee would say, because uh, he is terrible. And I think the the refs are honestly, I, truly, Mikey. I think the refs have gone rogue and are just doing, you know, what they want because they got their CBA agreed to. Uh, they came to their agreement for money and everything, and they're just going to do what they want because they don't like the rules. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it it really sucks. It really does suck. Get it together, NFL. Get it together. And while we're talking about receivers, I do want to bring up Corey Davis and A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans because Ryan Tannehill took over and that offense actually looks competent. I tweeted that back in August. I said if Ryan Tannehill plays for this team, the Titans will win more games. I am taking no full-blown credit for the Titans' success from here on out as long as Ryan Tannehill start. Well, dude, these two receivers – I mean, first off, Corey, Corey Davis had a touchdown, which is awesome. And then they went on, and those two combined for 12 catches and 144 yards. And those two probably have only combined for that amount of yards in a single game, maybe once this entire season with Marcus Mariota. So moving forward, uh, as long as Ryan Tannehill is starting, and there is no reason to believe that he won't be starting for the foreseeable future, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are actually going to be decent plays, and we might finally see Corey Davis like we were supposed to. Shout out to my boy Ryan Tannehill. I, I always had faith in him. Sure, he's not the best, but he is a serviceable quarterback, and he's exactly what the Titans need. He can move around a little bit. He can throw the rock and uh, find his receivers, and he doesn't look scared. That's the biggest thing with Marcus Mariota is he looks scared back in the pocket. He wasn't able to run because he was afraid from his past injuries. And uh, I think the Titans made the right move by putting Ryan Tannehill uh, in at the starting quarterback position for that team moving forward. And uh, they're going to win a lot more games now and make that AFC South that much more interesting between the Titans, the uh, Colts, and the Texans. For sure. And before we move on from uh, from the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill. Now, I, I know we're going to get into our starts and sits later on in the episode. But I have to ask you this right now because it's all I can think of. Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans get to go against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this upcoming weekend. If you have a quarterback that's on by, or if you have Matt Ryan who's hurt or someone like that, do you think you could put faith in Ryan Tannehill to start for your fantasy team this week? Now, one, I am bummed we don't get to see the Mariota Winston Bowl. Uh, (laughs) I don't think anyone wants to see that. (laughs) Nobody does, but it would make excellent television. Uh, two, I, I think he can, you know, I think the biggest thing for that Tampa Bay 
team is they stop the run really well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to make a team one-dimensional and force them to throw, why not have Ryan Tannehill out there and, and throw into to big receivers like Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, throwing it to Delaney Walker if he's able to play? Uh, I think it's a, a pretty solid matchup for Ryan Tannehill going up against Tampa Bay. So I'm going to give you a hypothetical. If you had to choose between Ryan Tannehill against Tampa Bay or or uh, Gardner Minshew against the New York Jets, who just got completely demolished last night, who would you pick? Man, that's tough. Um, you know, Min- I, I think they're probably around the same caliber in these matchups. Yeah, I think they're about the same. Um, the tough thing is Minshew has you know started to trend down a little bit. And, uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to get there. And you also don't know what you're going to get from the Jets defense because we saw them absolutely go toe-to-toe with the Dallas Cowboys a couple weeks ago and then get absolutely torched by the New England Patriots overall, whether it was the defense or the offense. Um, granted, not every team is the New England Patriots, so I kind of look at that as an outlier. Um, but, you know, as much as I love Gardner Minshew, think I'd, I think I'd go Tannehill. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's definitely a good debate. For uh, sure. Move, moving on to some running backs. Chase freaking Edmonds. You were right, man. I will admit my oh, L here. Oh, my God. I am. Now, first off, nobody could have called David Johnson not being out there. All reports were saying that he was he was healthy, not healthy, but that he was going to be playing and he was going to be starting, and he did. He got the very first carry of the game, and that's all he got. And then Chase Edmond just completely beasted on the Giants. 27 rushing attempts for 126 yards, three rushing touchdowns. I mean, this kid was all over the place, and... We were we we didn't mention this in the uh, in the news. I don't think we brought, we were talking about it earlier though. Uh, Arizona signing Alfred Morris could potentially mean that the David Johnson injury is going to be a long term kind of thing since they're signing someone for depth um, going forward. Do you think Chase Edmonds can be trusted as like a very high end RB two each week? I started David Johnson in my charity league this week. And, I'm uh, sorry for your loss. I, it was it was an absolutely abysmal loss because I could have started Sony Michelle, and I probably would have won. Um, but you know, looking at this Cardinals team, and uh, you know the the landscape they play New Orleans this week, that's a tough matchup. Uh, for sure. New Orleans is looking like one of the top five defenses in the league, and then following that, they don't. It doesn't get much easier for the Cardinals. Uh, they have a short week in week nine and they play against the San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, and then things get a little bit lighter in week 10 and they play Tampa Bay. But then after that Tampa game in week 11, right before their bye week in week 12, they play the 49ers again. So that's three out of four matchups moving forward here that are going to be absolutely ridiculous for, uh, you know, Chase Edmonds here. You know, before their bye week, I don't think he can be trusted as a high-level RB2. I think he'd be more of a flex outside of that Tampa Bay game. Even the Tampa Bay game is kind of scary. Because if you'll remember, they shut down Christian McCaffrey not once, but twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christian McCaffrey did have two touchdowns on them the second time, but he didn't have anything else really going for him. He did a lot through the air there. He did. 
So I do think uh, all four of these matchups do raise a red flag. Um, I sell high. However, however, I I will say this: if he go, if they go up against New Orleans, if he gets the start and he can put up a decent fantasy game against the New Orleans Saints, I'll be completely sold. Yeah, uh, that'll be a huge test. Um, granted, the 49ers twice in four weeks is definitely not what the doctor ordered. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But, you know, he had a hell of a game against a bad Giants defense, and that's what you want to see. You play you play well against bad opponents, and uh, that's what Chase Edmonds did. So hats off to him for making me look like an absolute dummy. Absolutely. And you brought up Sony Michelle. Um he did have three touchdowns, but I'm not going to lie. I wasn't impressed by his 42 yards on, on 19 attempts. Uh, then he added a catch for negative eight yards. Um, what, are we, what are we doing with Sonny Michel? Because it, it almost seems like he's kind of touchdown dependent most weeks. I don't really, I don't really know what to do with he's him. He's definitely touchdown dependent. I think he's more of a, a, you know, a lock-in kind of flex guy. Um because you know this Patriots defense is doing everything for them. They're they're putting up the points. You know they're scoring a lot to make it so that you know they don't really have to force scoring plays. You know running the ball, it's kind of just kind of killing clock. And that's what I think this game was a lot. Sure, Sony put up the touchdowns, and that's what you want to see. You want to see that type of production. Um, but I think Sony right now, until you know we see a, a tougher slate of games for the Patriots, is more of a flex play than an RB two. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. He's just he's too hard to trust week in and week out. Plus, his schedule after this week, or yeah, after this week he gets Cleveland. After that, it's it's all kind of pretty difficult run defenses for the majority of the season. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, and then I do want to talk about one more running back before we move on, and that's going to be Austin Eckler. What are we doing with this whole backfield? Because Eckler comes in, has over 100 receiving yards and a touchdown uh, this week. However, last week, he only had three catches for 14 yards. What do you, what do you think we do with, with not only him, but Melvin Gordon, too, moving forward? It's, it's such a weird situation. They're low-end flex plays for the rest of the season. The Chargers O-line is banged up, and it got even more banged up. Because uh, Forrest, I love Lamp, their starting guard, uh, broke his ankle and he is out for the season. Um, it's not going to get any easier for the Los Angeles Chargers in that running, uh, you know, attack that they have. And you know, I'm shying away, which sucks as a Melvin Gordon owner and for anybody that had Austin Eckler hoping that he could be a PPR machine when Melvin Gordon came back. I just don't see it getting any easier because the Chargers are just so banged up and Philip Rivers has been mediocre at best this season as well which doesn't help the running game get going um you know i don't trust this chargers backfield one bit no no i don't either and if i have either of these guys unless i'm desperate and i have someone on a buy i'm probably not even starting them and it's it's tough to say that about austin eckler with how great he's been this season but you just you don't know what you're gonna get and it's he is in, in my opinion austin eckler is just the boomer bust play that you can have at the running back position. For sure. And if the Chargers are smart, they'll trade Melvin Gordon before the trade deadline. Yeah, for sure. So definitely keep an eye out on that. Maybe Austin Eckler is going to have a lot more value than we think. For sure. 
Uh, it's going to be interesting because next week's show, as we said, is is trade deadline day. It's also my birthday that we'll be recording on uh, the beginning of the end of my youth. So uh, it's going to be an interesting show because I think there's going to be a lot of uh, you know familiar faces in new places. I only want to talk about one quarterback. And I have to ask you if he warrants a waiver pickup. Ryan Fitzpatrick put up 21 and a half fantasy points no. against the Buffalo Bills defense. Is this a fluke? Fluke and a half. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> you know, he is the literal definition of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He shows up in some weeks and it's random as hell who the opponent is. Hey, you cannot trust him for what it's worth. Granted, I would love to see him get traded somewhere because I think if he keeps playing, the Dolphins will play their way out of that first overall pick. That would be hilarious. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so that's really all I wanted to, to go over with the quarterbacks. I mean, everyone else is kind of performing exactly how we thought they would. I mean, Aaron Rodgers goes off for like 44 points last week. Stud. But he was he was against Oakland. And we all knew that a gigantic game was due for him. I don't think anyone expected it to come while Devontae Adams is still sidelined. But uh, I don't think there are many people that are insanely surprised that Aaron Rodgers put together a stellar performance on on Sunday. Nope, but don't forget that uh, Nick Foles threw for seven touchdowns against the Oakland Raiders. So Nick Foles greater than sign Aaron Rodgers. Seven touchdowns. That's a big one. And then uh, there's 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 one tight end that stands out to me. There's there's a, there's actually a couple tight ends that performed really well this week, but there's there's one obvious standout, and he actually played against Aaron Rodgers. Darren Waller, Darren Waller, of the Oakland Raiders, uh, seven catches, 126 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Could have had four touchdowns had it not been for a penalty and being tripped up on the one yard line. Darren Waller going forward, he is. He's without a doubt a top five tight end, no matter who the matchup is, right? Uh, locked in top three, I'd say. Yeah, and it's uh, a big part of this is just the sure value, volume that he's getting. He is he's a very safe play to get at least eight targets in a single game. He's Derek Carr's favorite target by far. And there's not going to be a ton of positive game script for the Oakland Raiders finishing out the season. So I think Darren Waller is just such an awesome awesome play and i know that uh you brought up that we both made a trade today so i will explain my trade um so i traded away travis kelsey today i had travis kelsey and darren waller on the same lineup and i i know for a fact i'm never going to play darren waller if i can slot in travis kelsey because it's just the name value you can't do that so i did what any senseless person would do and I traded away Travis Kelsey so that I could force myself into playing Darren Waller. I traded him away for a second round and a third round pick in the Keeper League, which are both pretty good picks in my opinion. But uh, from the outside looking in, how do you how do you grade my trade here? Now, don't discount that you also got Gerald Everett back in this trade, who has been a quality tight end, uh, you know, throughout this season. Uh, I think Darren Waller is is. Like you said, like we said, he's a top three tight end. He's been performing better than Travis Kelsey overall. He's been getting more targets. He's been performing better than Zach Ertz. He's he's arguably been the best tight end in terms of just production this season. So I I see no issue with it. Plus you got two you know top three picks in return in a keeper league, which is huge. 
I see no issue with it moving forward, and it, it alleviates some stress in terms of you know picking your poison between Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. For sure, and and like you said, I like that you uh, brought up that I also got Gerald Everett in that deal too, because God forbid something happens to Darren Waller, Gerald Everett is wildly inconsistent, but mostly because Jared Goff is wildly inconsistent, <laughs> but. He is a decent backup tight end to have. Plus, Darren Waller's already had his bye week, where Travis Kelsey hasn't. So I'll be able to use him every week going forward as long as he's healthy. Yeah, and uh, my trade also involved a member of the Oakland Raiders. I sent away Tyrell Williams. You know, he's got that plantar fasciitis. He's questionable for this coming week. Uh, Sure, he's got that that touchdown deep threat from Derek Carr, but who knows what's going to happen with that foot. And when Tyrell Williams is not 100%, Mikey, what is he? Zero <laughs> percent. Bad. Uh, so, so I traded Tyrell Williams in a fifth round pick in our keeper league uh, for an eighth round pick in our keeper league for for what looks like could be a pretty quality eighth round pick uh, for what that's worth, along with Christian Kirk from the Arizona Cardinals, who I think is a far better receiver than uh, Tyrell Williams and is on a team that's you know somewhat competing. They are back at five hundred. And uh, I think Christian Kirk, when he's healthy, is going to be a big part of this offense. Yeah, I like the move. I like the move a lot. Um, Tyrell Williams, when like you said, when he's healthy, he's great. He's he's awesome to have. Um, and, I mean, both of these guys are plagued with injuries right now this season. But I would rather have Christian Kirk than uh, Tyrell Williams, and I think he is going to provide you with a better chance to win than to win than Tyrell Williams is. And granted, selling a fifth round pick. It's really not that big of a deal. Um, for those of you who don't know, our Keeper League, you keep three guys. If you have a first-round pick, you can spend your first-round pick to keep a fourth guy. So realistically, the top 36 to 40 players are typically off the board. Obviously, there are some guys that I'm going back to the draft because of uh, keeping conditions, like they can't be kept anymore. But I, I think it's a pretty good move. A fifth-round pick and an eighth-round pick, uh, given our format, not a gigantic, huge difference between those two rounds in terms of talent you know so I, I like to move a lot plus I have two fourth round picks in our draft so it makes a lot of sense for me and one thing I did forget to mention in our around the league segment Mikey a failed trade attempt the Patriots just tried to get richer and richer uh, they inquired and attempted to make a trade for Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end OJ Howard which fantasy owners of OJ Howard are probably screaming at their pillows um but the trade did not go through. O.J. Howard said he was not surprised because he thinks he's a quality player, and uh, a lot of teams he feels like would be inquiring about him. Uh, How do we feel about this missed opportunity for O.J. Howard to be freed from this Bruce Arians offense where he has no value? O.J. Howard would have immediately been a top-five tight end in that move. And while he's in Tampa Bay, he's not even top-12. That's all I have to say 20. about that. Uh, I know. It's it's bad. They don't use him correctly. But you know what? Who cares? They're using Chris Godwin, and that's just lovely. He comes back this week, so we get to get some more Godwins. Christian McCaffrey, the best player on the planet, per Mikey, comes no back this doubt. week. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into the, uh, the matchups and everything, Mikey, we should talk about our friends at Trophy Smack. We should talk about our friends at Trophy Smack. So Trophy Smack is the place to go for all of your fantasy championship needs. They've got trophies. They've got rings. They've got championship belts. Yes, I said it. Championship belts. 
All of their items come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee and are completely customizable and can be engraved however you need. Uh, go over there and use the code GOALINE, that's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E, no spaces, all caps, at checkout to receive a free shipping, free initial engraving, and the best part, a free championship ring of a $59 value with the purchase of any championship trophy or belt. We love the bling. We love the bling. Use that damn promo code, people. You know, we're halfway through the season now. The landscape of your league is probably a little more clear. So why not jump on it early and go get that trophy and solidify yourself a free championship ring to walk around through airports? Because you can't bring a trophy there. You can't bring a belt there to bring to work. Flex at work to your coworkers in your work league. Be like, hey, I got this ring for free because I won our league and I used the promo code GOALINE from our boys at the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast on trophysmack.com. Absolutely. Those championships are only nine weeks away, so don't delay and get those trophies ordered today. Hashtag bars. You like that? That was, that was <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> so we will move on to the stinkers from... Week seven, and uh, we we left off talking about a tight end, so we'll come back by talking about three tight ends, and I'm just going to list them for you, and uh, I, I'm sure you'll be able to voice your disappointment. George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and Zach Ertz have all hurt owners deeply this week. Zach Ertz, uh, I'm putting him on a milk carton and adding the Philadelphia Eagles. Why are we not using your all-pro, pro-bowl, dynamic tight end at all? You know what? What is the deal? I need answers, and uh, not not even joking here. It's pretty pathetic the the lack of use that Zach Ertz has had this year. He's been absolutely pedestrian, and uh, it's not great for an Eagles fan. It's not great for Zach Ertz owners. Mark Andrews uh, had a call, he had a case of the dropsies against the Seahawks in a fantastic game overall. That Seahawks Baltimore game. I'm not concerned with Mark Andrews. I think it was just one of those days. George Kittle, you know, he, he's been what he has been this season, but they're getting Emmanuel Sanders, and I think it's going to help his value a lot. I think it's going to help what he's able to do on the field a lot. So I, I expect an uptick uh, a lot in this second half from George Kittle. Yeah, I'm not too worried about any of these three guys. I mean, it was definitely disappointing to watch Mark Andrews drop a ball and then drop another ball. And then drop another ball. You're um, telling me he, I'm a Mark Andrews owner. <laughs> yeah, he he looked not so great, but you know there's there are definitely definitely better days ahead. So we won't worry too much about any of those guys. And hopefully Philly can get Zach Ertz a little bit more involved. That's the only one I'm worried about is Zach Ertz because it's been it's been a pedestrian type season for him, which you never want to see from a top three tight end in the league. You know, ironically enough, in the off season, I told you he wasn't going to be top three. And you laughed at me. But I did. to laugh at myself, I said he was going to be replaced by O.J. Howard. So <laughs> You also said George Kittle was not going to fall off. And here we are. He's... No, no. I said George Kittle was going to fall off. You must be thinking of someone else. <laughs> it must be the, uh, the, the plebe in our, in our group chat. The plebe. Um, running back news. I told you so. Mark Ingram sucks. He doesn't suck. He just he was playing the Seahawks. No, no, he sucks. Um, it's funny because I got into an argument 
with uh, one of my buddies on Twitter. His name's DJ. He writes for uh, the Loader Box podcast. Um, I got into an argument with him over Twitter because he he told me time and time again how wrong I am about Mark or about Mark Ingram, and I broke it down for him. I was like, "Look, man, this is his touchdowns so far. If he's going to keep up with this pace, he needs." 18 touchdowns on the year, which isn't going to happen. There's obvious touchdown regression. He's not getting a ton of yards. Um, he's not really getting a ton of carries most games. Um, I know one game he had 19 rushing attempts, and I think all the other games aside from one, he's had under 14. So I I don't believe in Mark Ingram moving forward. I've been saying it all season. Um, the two weeks that he actually played well, I I said, okay, guys, he's going to play well this week. And he did. And all the other weeks when I said he sucks, he sucks. So I I told you so. Mark Ingram sucks. I chalked that up to negative game script because it was kind of a shootout with the Seahawks. And uh, we'll see moving forward. Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, LaShawn McCoy. We talked about him last week. The Kansas City running back fiasco. Um, I thought we were going to get at least a little bit of an answer on Thursday night, and we actually got quite the opposite. It is even more complicated now. What the hell is going on, man? They all stink, and I for, I totally don't know how we miss Patrick Mahomes getting hurt in or around the league. Uh, hopefully Pat Mahomes is going to be okay. I had the same thing happen to my knee, and I was in a full leg brace for six weeks. So uh, we, wish, we wish the best to uh, the reigning NFL MVP, and you know, the Madden curse, is it back, Mikey? Because Patrick Mahomes is on the cover of Madden, so Ooh, I don't know. But, and uh, and it, it, it took a little took a little while to hit Antonio Brown. A little bit. Madden curse. It hit him like a tornado. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, that Chiefs backfield is absolutely atrocious. If you still own any of them, yikes. Yep. I guess who still owns one of them? This guy you right do. here. Both leagues, I have Damian Williams and I have LaShawn McCoy in the other one. (laughs) It sucks because I don't know who the hell on the waiver wire I would want to replace him. Like the upside, well, I don't know. The the upside with, with Damian Williams is just too high because if they can go back to him, he's great. But I think I'll only be able to hold on. No, you're right. Ty Johnson is your way to go. I am giving it one more week. I'm not starting him. I'm not starting Damian Williams this week, no matter what. First step is um, admitting you have a problem. I do have a problem, <laughs> but I'm going to hold on to the problem for at least one more week. And uh, one more running back. We kind of briefly discussed him. David Johnson from Arizona. It's rough. What? So everyone knows he had less than a point. This past point week. two to be exact point two one carry for two yards that was it um we also mentioned that not only did chase Edmonds completely ball out but they just signed alfred morris to get some depth and uh alfred morris is not going to be a healthy scratch so do do we think that this david johnson injury is is gonna linger yes i think so too I, I really do. It's and... a back injury. You you never want to see guys, especially at the running back position, that are going you know full force at linebackers and full force at you know strong safeties coming down into the box uh, with with a back injury. It's it's just not good. And uh, 
I, I think this is going to be a more long-term than a lot of people were expecting. And uh, I think so, too. Wishing the best for David Johnson. Hope he gets back healthy and quickly. I think so, too. And uh, not to turn this into an I told you so moment, but I really hope everyone listened to me on Chase Edmonds, especially the David Johnson owners. And because, if you didn't, uh, this is your time to go get Ty Johnson. Yes, absolutely. All moving the Johnsons. On to, moving on to receivers, uh, uh, Kenny Galladay, right? He put up three points while Marvin Jones put up 43 points. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm not. I'm not too worried about them, but I do think this is kind of becoming a teeter-totter offense between these two receivers. It's going to even out more, especially now that carry-on is out. Another Johnson. Jeez, ew. This, this is the Johnson episode. Um, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I was God. waiting for that. Um, oh my but, God. yeah, I, I think this offense is going to even out a little more, a little bit more when it comes to the passing attack, and uh, Kenny Galladay is going to be fine. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Two guys that had pretty terrible weeks, but we kind of expected them to. Terry McLaurin went against San Francisco. Robbie Anderson went against New England. Uh, Moving forward, Terry McLaurin does have an easier schedule than San Francisco, but it's still not as easy of a schedule as Robbie Anderson's is moving forward. So this is your chance. If Robbie Anderson is still on your waiver wire, you're going to want to go and pick him up because he is about to go off over these next five or six weeks. And then Terry McLaurin, guarantee he's not on your waiver wire, but uh, it is it is a probably the only buy low spot you're going to have on him. So if you want Terry McLaurin that bad, make an offer for him today. Just be careful with Robbie Anderson because there is a lot of speculation that uh, he could be traded because his he's a free agent after the year. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation that the, the Jets could try to just get value for him now, especially the state that the team is in. Um, so keep an eye on that and who he gets traded to. I know a lot of Eagles fans are hoping Robbie Anderson comes to the Eagles, and that would make a, an ideal trade partner because Joe Douglas is the GM of the Jets, was in the Eagles' front office up until this season. Uh, so keep an eye on Robbie Anderson this week going into the trade deadline because he's a prime trade deadline candidate uh, from the New York Jets. If he gets dealt, who do you think is the person to step in for the Jets? Man, uh, it's got to be Jameson Crowder. See, I was thinking Demarius Thomas. He's been good. He has been good for them, and I think any quarterback has had uh, you know, pretty good chemistry with Demarius Thomas, whether it was Darnold or any of the you know guys bagging groceries now. Um, but yeah, Demarius Thomas is an interesting play. Robbie Anderson gets traded. Yeah, he's not a guy that I'd go out and pick up now, but the second that Robbie Anderson news hits my phone, I would look into it. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Matt Ryan, we already talked about him. He he got hurt, but it didn't happen until late in the game. He was actually just having a pretty abysmal game. Take um, my ankle, Matty. Take my ankle. Well, you can blame the offensive line a lot. Abysmal. You can blame Devontae Freeman a lot. Looked terrible. And got ejected. Got thrown out. Uh, the, the moron got into a fight with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Arguably, <laughs> arguably one of the scariest guys, not only in the league, but probably in the world. Um, a guy who trains with knives. Thinking. Aaron Donald yeah, trains with knives. I don't know what he was thinking. And uh, Kyler Murray was another disappointment. 
So everyone thought he was going to have this monstrous week against the Giants. And then Chase Edmonds said, nah, I got this. So I, I, I'm not too worried about Kyler Murray moving forward. I still think he's a great quarterback playing most weeks. And uh, this was just a weird week with Chase Edmonds taking over. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I was also, you know, I bring it up a lot, but the, the, he gets a lot of good guests. And uh, Pat McAfee had AQ Shipley on his podcast this, this morning uh, that I was listening to. And the Cardinals do not script their first 15 plays. Only Cliff Kingsbury knows the plays. The players do not know it until they are called. Wow. So some interesting, interesting stuff there. Now, I'm going to, for the very last player we're going to talk about, I'm going to pull on your heartstrings. I'm sure you know who I'm going to bring up since we're talking about quarterbacks. Now, Carson Wentz. This is his next four weeks. So he's coming off of a pretty abysmal game against Dallas. This week he has Buffalo. The week after that he has Chicago. Then he has a bye. And then it's the New England Patriots defense. So his next three matchups are against very, very stout defenses. Are you benching Carson Wentz? Stab me with a spork first. Um, (laughs) Because this team has given me... Headaches, migraines, everything in between. If if some sort of you know, Advil or Tylenol wants to sponsor the show with all these headaches I got from my Eagles, feel free. Um, yeah, until proven otherwise, this team is all out of whack, and I don't know what the hell happened. But moving forward, I I just gotta wait and see what the hell happens because I have zero faith in anybody on this offense or this defense. I am I'm completely blown away by what the hell has transpired and uh it just keeps getting uglier and uglier right now and it sucks as an Eagles fan to see what's going on with this team. It's just a lot of miscommunication. Uh I'm tired of hearing hearing excuses from Nelson Aguilar and Mike Grow about effort and everything because I watched the all twenty two of that catch. That should have been made, and it was absolutely disgusting. I almost threw up on spot. Um, I can't trust anybody in this offense right now. So that's how I feel about the state of my Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it's it's bad, man. I I feel so bad for you guys, but there is something terrible going on there, and I would agree. I am benching Carson Wentz for at least the next four weeks. Hashtag Mike Grow, gotta go. So we will move on to the weekly starts and sits. We will go through every single game for week eight, let you know who we're starting, who we're sitting, and uh, what to expect out of some of these games. So we'll start off by by noting that the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys are both on buys this week. So there is a lot of firepower on buys. There's no Lamar Jackson. There's no Mark Andrews. Uh, I hate Mark Ingram, but I know some of you don't, so there's no Mark Ingram. And then from no the Cowboys, I mean, either if he if he was gonna be healthy, no Hollywood Brown either. Yeah, but the good news is he should be back next week, which is a huge should, boost. Oh, definitely, especially Lamar Jackson. And then you know you have the Cowboys out, so no Zeke, no Dak, no Amari Cooper, uh, no Michael Gallup. Um, so those are definitely some notable guys. No Jason Witten. No, <laughs> no Jason Witten, who's actually been. Um, a, a, an okay, consistent low-end tight end one for those of you who are very poor at the tight end position. And one year ago today, Mikey, as we record this on Tuesday, October 22nd, those friggin' Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, you know, I still remember it like it was just last week. You know, I was, I was, I was still in college. I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods at the time. Not I sponsored. Was it, no, I was, uh, I was in the back room messing around on my phone because I didn't feel like being out on the floor. And the notification pops up: Amari Cooper's traded. And I was like, Oh my gosh, look at that, bastards! <laughs> uh, but so moving on to Week Eight, we'll start off Thursday night. Washington Redskins are visiting Minnesota to uh, go against the Vikings. I don't like anyone whatsoever from the Washington Redskins. This is another game where I'm very hesitant to play Terry McLaurin. And then on the opposite side, I like anyone with a name from Minnesota. I even like Kyle Rudolph in this one, if you're desperate at tight end, to be honest. Yeah, uh, Adam Thielen is trending in the right direction after that hamstring injury he suffered this past Sunday. Um, so that's a positive for this stinking Vikings team that uh, I'd rather them beat my divisional opponent than my divisional opponent win. Uh, the Kirk Coupon's revenge game, Mikey. The Kirk Coupon's revenge game. Yeah, look at that. But uh, yet but, another uh, Thursday night stink fest. I know. It's going to suck. And not to uh, not to do a spoiler alert, but we're going to start the week on a crappy matchup and we're going to end the week on a crappy matchup. Um the, the Monday night football the game, Dolphins. Dude, the Monday night football game has the freaking Dolphins, man. You love like, to see. It. We get to see Fitz Magic in prime time. You love to see it. Yeah, and you also love to stream the Steelers defense this week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving on to the one o'clock games on Sunday, we have Seattle visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Um, who are you starting from Seattle? Well, first of all, I have to note, this could be uh, the nail in the coffin for Dan Quinn and how ironic that it comes against the team that he used to be the defensive coordinator for. Uh, Seahawks, I'm starting everybody possible under the sun because the Falcons' defense is atrocious. Abysmal. Uh, if Matt Ryan plays, maybe I play him. Not 100% sure. Uh, but if Wait, he doesn't let play... Me, let me go back to this question. A hobbled Matt Ryan against Seattle or Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill. Yeah, against against the Bucks For sure. Uh, and if, if Matt Ryan doesn't play Mikey, who would have thought 38-year-old Matt Schaub is still in the league as Matt Ryan's backup? He would be the starter for the Falcons. Uh, so if Matt Ryan plays Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, um, if he doesn't play, <laughs> I'd say probably only Austin Hooper. Like, am I going to bench Julio? No, you're not benching Julio. With Matt Schaub, though? Matt Schaub went 6 for 6, 65 yards. I don't know. That's tough. I'm not. I don't trust I Matt not, Schaub as far as I, I can would throw not him. advise. I would not advise benching Julio if Josh Rosen was throwing. I don't you know. You don't bench Julio Jones. It's a tough um, one. I, you know who I like a lot this week, as long as he doesn't receive any disciplinary action from the league? Uh, Devonta Freeman. I like him a lot this week, especially with Ido Smith um, probably not playing because he got carted off the field last week. I think that, uh, you know, I think he could bounce back in a big way in this game, uh, especially if Matt Ryan is out because Matt Schaub is not going to have anyone to throw to besides him and Austin Hooper. Is, uh, is Devonta Freeman going to make it two for two and fight Jadavion Clowney this week? Oh, God. If only. <laughs> I hope for for his sake. I hope not. See, I, Seahawks you, win you this one know. in a landslide, though, ladies and gents. Yeah, no doubt. Moving on, Denver and Indianapolis. Um, it, 
from Denver, you got Cortland Sutton and the running backs, and that's that's really it, yeah. Pretty much. Um, you know, it's gonna be a fun game. This is a this is a real life kind of fun game just because the Broncos haven't been good, but they they fight and they're gonna do everything they can to uh, make sure this team this team stays intact. I think, but uh, that, that Colts team is, is damn good, Mikey. Yeah, they're they're looking really great, and everyone kind of wrote them off as soon as Andrew Luck announced his retirement. But Jacoby Brissett has actually been fantastic, and uh, I'm definitely starting Jacoby Brissett. I'm definitely starting T.Y. Hilton. I'm not chasing points with uh, what's his face. Pascal, P- Piscal, I, I don't even know his name. Uh, Zach Pascal, that, that's his name. He went off for 28 points, 6 for 106, and 2 touchdowns uh, last week against the, um, the Houston Texans. But I'm not chasing those points. If you want to pick him up on the waiver wire, cool, do it. But don't start him this He's week. more of a one-hit wonder than closing time. Uh, <laughs> one thing I forgot to run by you, Mikey, is the crazy point spread of the week. Uh, and that comes oh. in the Thursday night football game, believe it or not. It is not the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dolphins. Granted. Wait, 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 wait. Before you even tell me the number. Yes, the Vikings will cover. But Granted, go ahead. You, you got last week's wrong because the Dolphins, uh, you know, kept up to speed. But uh, the Vikings are... 15-and-a-half-point favorites against Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely, definitely take Mash that Mash that bad boy. Um, but, yeah, Broncos-Colts is going to be a, a fun game. I wouldn't say it's a popcorn game, but it's yeah. it's damn close. Yeah, it should be. It should be a good one to watch real life, and the few fantasy assets that are in it, uh, they should be exciting to watch, too. The oh, and, Manning uh, Bowl. and Marlon Mack, obviously. He's, you plug in him in. Yeah, it's the Peyton Manning Bowl. Moving on, Tampa Bay versus Tennessee. We already know that we're starting Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you know how we feel about Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, so you can go ahead and fire them up. Uh, I would I would stay on the side of caution with Derrick Henry because I'm sorry, but Christian McCaff- if Christian McCaffrey can't do anything against Tampa Bay uh, on the ground, I don't, I, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be able to either. And uh, any running back that plays against Tampa Bay saves their game with the airplay, and Derrick Henry has none of that. Except for that long bomb he had to start the season. Don't forget that one. Yeah, yeah, that long bomb screenplay. 75 yards, baby. Um, I know. Yeah, I agree. I think it's more of a a pass-catching game, and you're playing Ryan Tannehill. Buccaneers-wise, Chris Godwin is back. Godwin equals Godwins. Uh, Mike Evans. Thank God I have missed him in my dynasty league in week seven. (laughs) Uh, Mike Evans, obviously a must start, uh, even against a tough Titans defense. Um, but I think other than that, that's it because Jameis Winston just throws too many interceptions. Yeah, I agree. And you still don't know what's going on with the running game. And OJ Howard is obviously not trustworthy. Not one. Uh, as long as he's in Tampa. Heading over to Arizona and the New Orleans Saints. I, I want to say I, I still do like most of these players on Arizona. I uh I know New Orleans has a pretty good defense, but this 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 Arizona offense is very high flying, very fast paced, and honestly I've looked really, really good the past few weeks. I'm i I'm still gonna start Kyler Murray in this one. 
I'm still going to start Larry Fitzgerald if I have him, Christian Kirk if he plays. Um, and if David Johnson is definitively out, even if he's not definitively out, I'm still firing up Chase Edmonds as a high-end flex, even low-end RB2 in this one. Yeah, I'm not too high on the Cardinals in this one um, as much as you probably are, but I think the the safe plays uh, would be Kyler Murray if, you, if he's your quarterback, obviously, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, well, Larry Fitzgerald, is he's always going to get his. I mean, last week he didn't have too many points, but those are always the outlier weeks. So I think he's going to have a pretty pretty decent one. And uh, I, I know you disagree with me on the whole Chase Edmond thing. but uh, Oh, no, I don't agree. I just The Saints defense is just so freaking good, man. They are. They are. So we'll see what happens. But I will be firing up Chase Edmonds in both of my leagues this week, and uh, we'll see how it goes. From the New Orleans side, Teddy Bridgewater – Definitely a streaming option this week against that Arizona defense. I will say Patrick Peterson coming back definitely gave that defense a bit of a boost, but I still think Bridgewater's going to be all right. Um, If Alvin Kamara sits out of this one, are you starting Latavius Murray and chasing those points? Well, positive is that Alvin Kamara is trending towards playing this week. Uh, So Alvin Kamara owners rejoice because the Saints did release uh, Zach Zenner today who was the guy that they signed to kind of replace Kamara in last week's game when he did not play. Um, so I, I think Kamara's going to play Latavius Murray. I don't know. I think he's more of a flex if uh, Kamara plays. If he doesn't, still kind of a flex. Uh, but one thing I have to ask you about, Mike, because this is a guy that we both think stinks. Um, but one, he's looked good in the two weeks that he's played before his injury. If he does play, he's playing against the team – that gets thrashed by the tight end, Jared Cook. Um, I don't know if he's going to play this week. That's the only thing. If he plays this week, I would play him. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think you can necessarily count on him. And what's his face? Um, the the tight end that was filling in this week, it's Josh Hill. Yeah, Josh mm-hmm. Hill. Um, I know there's going to be some people chasing him and trying to stream him against Arizona. I probably would advise against that, considering he only had three targets last week. But, uh, hey, you do you. Yeah, I think if Jared Cook plays, you can get away with playing him, especially if you're like a Mark Andrews or Jason Witten desperate owner and need somebody and he was dropped or something like that um, because the Cardinals get absolutely torched by the tight end. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, yeah, and then Michael Thomas, he's not a start. Of course. So we really don't even need to talk about him any further moving on Cincinnati and the Los Angeles Rams now that Jalen Ramsey is a member of the Los Angeles Rams I know typically we like to start Tyler Boyd are you starting a single player in the Cincinnati uh, Bengals offense um I think I'm playing Tyler Boyd as a flex but see I would because you gave me the option between Tyler Boyd and Alden Tate I'd rather have Alden Tate I don't know because, you know, we've seen this Rams defense get torched before. Granted, that was pre-Jalen Ramsey. Um, yeah. But. I mean, just having him there is such a confidence boost for the secondary. Yeah, don't remind me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the argument of not playing anybody from the Bengals for sure. For sure. And then on the other side, the Rams. If Todd Gurley's healthy, you're playing him. Jeff Goff, uh, Cooks, Woods. Uh, Cooper Cuff, Gerald Everett. I mean, there's not a single person on this offense that I don't like. Yep. 
plain and simple, especially since the Rams are at home and Jared Gurf plays better at home. Anyone worth starting in uh, Philadelphia against Buffalo? Oh, man. Um, John Brown, for sure. Uh, unless the Eagles upgrade their secondary somehow. Uh, I think John Brown is poised for a big game. Cole Beasley is uh, is a guy you could play. Josh Allen, I think you could play a little bit. Uh, you know, say if you have Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson. Um, Eagles-wise... I don't know, man. Alshon's going to be, you know, tested again with a tough corner matchup. Zach Ertz has not proven to be, you know, a, a dynamic go-getter this season so far. And uh, unless they make a trade for, say, like Robbie Anderson or something like that, uh, Nelson Aguilar should be on your waiver wires. And uh, the run game uh, is is hit or miss. I no, you know, I think it's John Brown. And Cole Beasley is the kind of like yes, yeah. And I th- I think Josh Allen's going to be a great quarterback play this week with how that Eagles secondary has been as well. Um, yeah, I mean I would agree with you on the Eagles side. I would start Zach Ertz because I mean it's Zach Ertz. Who the hell are you going to play over him? But uh, Dallas Goddard. Not, I don't want to. I I, mm. I honestly think I'd play Dallas Goddard over Zach Ertz this week because he's gotten more targets. Carson Wentz has seemed more comfortable throwing to him. He scored touchdowns. Um, Dallas Goddard would be like the lowly play because Zach Ertz just hasn't been targeted. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but uh, do you like do you like Buffalo's defense in this one? Um, yes I and think no. I do. Yes and no. I don't know. They're kind of like mid for me. Yeah, I think they're I think they're a slightly better than average play yeah. this week. You could do you could do worse. You could do worse, definitely. Uh, moving on to the Chargers and the Chicago Bears. Bears defense game, load up. This game is so confusing, man, because you don't know what Philip Rivers you're going to get. Uh, Keenan Allen is honest. Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry are the only two obvious starts, um, and and Allen Robinson. Those three are the only guys in this entire match that I'm firing up with any sort of confidence. Yeah, I, I honestly don't even really like Keenan Allen in this matchup because I think Phillip Rivers is going to be on his ass all day. Um, Hunter Henry is really only the guy that I have confidence in uh, from the Chargers. Bears-wise, like you said, Allen Robinson. And uh, if you're desperate, say you're a Zeke owner or a Mark Ingram owner, and you have, uh, you know, any of the Bears running backs potentially because the Chargers defense is, you know, banged up as a desperation flex. But Hunter Henry and Allen Robinson are my only, like, locked-in absolute must-starts. Yeah, I was about to ask you, what do you make of David Montgomery moving forward? I know he's been a pretty uh, big disappointment so far this season. Do you think that he can kind of bounce back and, and get right? And more importantly, are you actually trusting to plug him into those starting lineups after having, like, three points this week? No, the Bears stink. Outside of their defense, they're wasting that defense because Mitch Trubisky stinks, and uh, that's all I have to say about the Bears' offense. Because so David Montgomery, stink. so David Montgomery, you would say he is the utmost desperation flex play that you could find this week. Yeah, say if he's like your RB four on your roster because you have Zeke or or Mark Ingram or something like that, then you play him. But I'd find something better. I, I'd rather play Ty Johnson than. Dave Montgomery. Oh, I would too. And speaking of Ty Johnson, we'll move on to that game because the Detroit Lions are playing against the New York Giants, and 
New York Giants just really don't have much of a defense whatsoever. And they were just shredded by Chase Edmonds for over 120 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, if you do manage to get Ty Johnson, I think you could definitely plug him in as a flex play this week. Uh, I really like Marvin Jones. I really like Kenny Galladay in this one. Um, I honestly like TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. for once. Matt Stafford's a great streaming option. Um, I, 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 there's really not a whole lot to dislike about the Detroit offense against the Giants. Not at all. And uh, on the Giants side, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a mistake for them to bring Saquon back as early as they did. Um, and it's it's Evan Ingram, and maybe Golden Tate because it's a revenge game type thing. I don't know. I don't really trust Golden Tate that much. Um, but who knows? The the Lions might sell some more, and uh, that's that defense could look a little different. But um, I don't really like anybody from the Giants. Yeah, and then obviously you have Saquon Barkley, who you're going to start if he is against the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears at the same time because he's Saquon Barkley. As long as he's healthy. Um, speaking of the tight ends, though, I forgot to mention this, and I, I, I apologize for moving all the way back to this, but uh, speaking of the tight ends, the Tennessee and Buccaneers game, I want to mention the Buccaneers are letting up top three points to fantasy tight ends. Delaney Walker is probably not going to play this upcoming week, and Jonu Smith filled John in for him. U. He filled in for him pretty nicely this past week with Ryan Tannehill uh, in his quarterback. I wanted to bring this up because I really like Jonu yep. Smith as a streaming tight end this week, and uh, I forgot to mention that, so I just had to bring that up, especially since I know a lot of people are hurting at the tight end position. Yep, I love Jonu as a person. He's a great dude, and uh, I like him a lot as a player, and I think he's just kind of little bit buried behind Delaney Walker because Delaney's still doing it in his mid-30s but Johnny's a great player and uh if he's out there and Delaney's not you gotta play him yeah for sure uh the last one o'clock game that we have to talk about is gonna be the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars yuck uh yeah big time yuck um I like both quarterbacks in this one I know Sam Darnold's Mm -hmm. coming off of an abysmal performance but uh Jalen Ramsey's not with the Jacksonville Jaguars anymore, so they're not exactly a terrifying defense like they once were. Um, so I would stream either of these quarterbacks. If I had to choose between the two, I would probably lean Gardner Minshew just because he's not coming off of an abysmal performance. But uh, I think they're around the same caliber. And like we were talking about earlier with the whole Ryan Tannehill thing, Gardner Minshew, um, I, I would I would definitely put these two just under where I would put Ryan Tannehill in weekly rankings. Yeah, I agree. It, this game's going to stink. Um, um, DJ Chark, you love him against the Jets, uh, I'm guessing. That's my boy. He's going to torch them. Yeah, D.D. Westbrook's going to have a good game, too. Leonard them. Fournette on the ground should be great. Uh, and then from the Jets, I love Jamison Crowder in this one. I love Robbie Anderson as long as he's still there. And uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to have a massive bounce-back week. Let's go, Lev. Uh, we have three, four, we have one four o'clock game, two four thirty games, and my voice always drops a little bit when I say the Panthers, because I just, I hate talking, I hate talking about my own team. I, I really do. I cannot stand it. Um, but the Carolina Panthers are visiting the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. And before I even talk about fantasy implications, I, 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 we have to touch base on Kyle Allen and Cam Newton again. Um, we, we brought it up last week. We, we realized that Cam Newton was probably going to be back at practice after the bye week. 
He was not practicing today, but he was spotted on the field doing some uh, some individual work. So that's definitely something interesting moving forward. But Kyle Allen was already named the starting quarterback of this game. And speaking as a Carolina Panthers fan and just a football fan in general, I think that if Carolina goes in and Kyle Allen plays well and they beat the San Francisco 49ers, that'll make Kyle Allen 5-0 and on the season while taking down the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. I think if this happens... Kyle Allen is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. Is Kyle Allen the Panthers' Nick Foles? Uh, no, he's going to be New England's Tom Brady. Oh, brother. Bam. Oh, brother. Now, I don't know about all that, but uh, I, I'm really rooting for Cam Newton to, to make a comeback. But at the same time, if Kyle Allen is, is going to contribute enough and play smart and they're going to be able to beat San Francisco using him, then by all means, they – no matter how healthy Cam is, you, you can't bench a kid who's 5-0 and and just beat an undefeated team. Yeah. Uh, don't you know Cam Newton's going to the Bears? No, he is not. <laughs> Get that out of here. But moving into the fantasy implications, Christian McCaffrey, um, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, you're starting him, and if you don't, shame on you for just being the worst person in the world. <laughs> Uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. How do you feel about them in this one with that San Francisco defense? No, thank you. Yeah, I would I would agree. And uh, I I would play Greg Olson in this one as a back end tight end uh, if you're if you if you really need him to. But to be completely honest, the only offensive weapon that I'm starting with uh, any kind of confidence is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Uh, 49ers wise, I like just about everybody especially now that Emmanuel Sanders is there uh they caught him on his way out of the Broncos facility and he said that the 49ers run a very similar offense to the Broncos so it should be a quick integration so if he's out there I think this opens up a a huge Pandora's box for Kyle Shanahan in this 49ers offense yeah I think so um there's I don't know who I'm starting at the receiving option for San Francisco this week. Like realistically, are you are you confident in starting Emmanuel Sanders in his first game in San Francisco? As a flex, yes. Yeah, see, I, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't start Devo. I wouldn't start Marquise Goodwin if he plays. Um, to be honest, I'm staying away from. I'm staying away from the passing options in San Francisco aside from uh, from George Kittle. I really only like George Kittle and the running backs. That's fair, um... but. But you know me. I like the Panthers. So I think know. the 49ers win this one, though. Hate to break I it don't. to you. I don't. I think the Panthers beat them 82-0. to zero. I think the 49ers <laughs> tell the Panthers to uh, pound themselves back to uh, North Carolina. I would like to make a friendly wager with you. Oh, boy. Carolina will win this game. What is said friendly wager? Oh, goodness. I, uh, I don't know. Oh, you know what? Okay. You know how now I, I really don't wanna don't wanna be a copycat here. I, I don't. But it's the best thing I can think of. So you know how the fantasy footballers they do their water bets. For sure. Well, the next time I probably see you in person is gonna be over Christmas break when it is about thirty degrees outside. Okay. I would like to remember this bet, and whoever loses this bet is gonna get pelted. With a water balloon in the freezing cold temperatures and nothing but shorts and a t-shirt. Consider it a deal. All right. 
Mark it. Set it. You know what? Boom. We'll, Let's we'll, go, Panthers. We'll take it next level, and we'll find like a football field or something to do it on. To, there uh, we go. Set the ambiance. I, like I like it. I like it. We'll post it on Twitter for everyone. Bingo. Um, but moving on, the uh, first of two 430 games, the Oakland Raiders are visiting the Houston Texans. Uh, who do you like from Oakland? I like Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, that's about it because Tyrell's not going to be 100%. Plantar fasciitis is uh, what Webster's Dictionary, not a sponsor, calls a bitch, um, and it's going to hinder his game a ton. Uh, I also didn't realize these two teams play each other and they just made a trade. I'm playing the Texans' defense because I think Gary Conley's going to just try to pop off. Yeah, I think so too. And then uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he just bounced back in a big way, plus Will Fuller's out. Kenny Stills, um, how we feel? I love Kenny Stills in this one. I really do. Big time. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have his biggest statistical game of the entire season in this week. D-Hop's going to be making behind-the-back catches looking like some sort of superhero. No doubt. And I uh, I like Carlos Hyde a lot in this one, too. Mm-hmm. And then Deshaun Watson, you don't need us to tell you to start him. He's a stud. Uh, now, one person I do want to ask you about before we move on, Kiki Kute. Uh Now that Will Fuller's out, obviously Kenny Stills is kind of stepping up. Kiki Kute didn't do a whole hell of a lot, but uh, is he worth a flex look in a very easy matchup like this, or are we staying away from him until he kind of develops a role? I'm staying away. I like Kenny Stills more. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Kenny Stills is probably available in, on most waiver wires mm-hmm. right now. So definitely something interesting to look at. Uh, last 4.30 game, Cleveland Browns visiting the New England Patriots. I'm so scared for everyone. Yeah, this is not good. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list you all the players, and I just need you to tell me if they're a starter or a sit. Let's do it. Odell Beckham Jr. You got to start him. I know, it's, 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 it's scary, especially against the New England defense, but you can't set him. He might throw a uh, touchdown. Jarvis Landry? Sit. Baker Mayfield? Sit. Nick Chubb? More of an RB2 in this game. Yeah, I'd agree. There's not a single scenario where you're where you're benching Nick Chubb, but the expectations definitely do need to be tempered here. And then uh, I don't think there's a single other person in Cleveland that is worth even a mention on this list. Yeah, not one bit. Uh, Patriots side... Tom Brady? Of course. Sony Michelle? Flex. James White? Uh, maybe a low-end flex. Uh, Julian Edelman? Yes. Mohamed Sanu? Yes. And Philip Dorsett? Uh, yes. So there you have it, sports fans. You have a Patriot, you're playing them. You have a Cleveland Brown not named Chubb or Odell Beckham, you're benching. Mikey, you forgot about the number 11 player in fantasy. Oh, yes, the New England defense. Nah, um, there's, there's not a chance I'm playing. Of course you're playing the New England defense, <laughs> you stooges. Yeah, no doubt. They are just Unreal. a godsend. They are, they are God wins without the name. Yeah. <laughs> They're just gods. Now, the Sunday night football game is actually going to be a very exciting one. It's the first popcorn game of the week. 
especially if Devontae Adams can come back from his injury this week. This could be not only a great, great fantasy game, but this could just be such a fun game to watch. It just sucks that Patrick Mahomes will not be involved. I I agree. So we'll start on the Green Bay side. Everybody. Aaron Rodgers is an obvious start. Uh, Aaron Jones is a great RB2, low-end RB1 option. Jamal Williams, I think, can be trusted as a flex option this mm-hmm. week. He was he was one of the top RB2s this past week, and Aaron Jones was a mid-RB1. So this offense can support both of them, and uh, I, I, I think they're going to be able to. Um, if Devontae Adams is back, you're definitely, definitely playing him. Um, who, who else do you like? Do you like MVS, MVS, Geronimo Allison? I like MVS. I don't like Geronimo because I like the Lazard. I'm all in on Alan Lazard. See, I still, I, I just can't. I can't get on board with him, especially after this week. I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular. He, I mean, he had three catches for 42 yards on only four targets. Now, granted, the game script didn't really need him, but uh, it, it is concerning in a game where Aaron Rodgers has five, six touchdowns and Lazard wasn't even a look on any of them. Uh, he's more of a play if Devontae Adams does not play. Um, For sure. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's his name or what, but I, I love me some Lazard. And then moving on to the Chiefs. We're not streaming Matt Moore, no? No. He did not throw a pass before he came into that game since 2017. Are we terrified of these three running backs for the Chiefs? I'm not touching any of them with a 10-foot pole. Are you starting anyone not named Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm still on my Miko Hardman train a little bit. Um, I think he I could think... play a factor in this game. I think he's just so touchdown dependent, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put the trust in him if Patrick Mahomes isn't on the field. That's fair. Um, just knowing what this Packers secondary has been this year, I I think he could potentially be a factor. Um, I think he's more of a dart play, but you know if you need somebody and uh, you're desperate, I think he's somebody to just keep an eye on. You think Aaron Rodgers comes away with a win in Arrowhead? I think he does. I think he does too. That team is too hot right now, and uh, Which Kansas three losses he, for the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Well, and the Chiefs—they're going to need their defense to step up in a big way with Pat Mahomes out, mm-hmm. and asking them to do it against Aaron Rodgers is one tall task. Yeah, this game is going to be interesting, um, but it's a popcorn game for me. Along, you know, I'll even put your 49ers Panthers matchup. Uh, into my popcorn category. If any popcorn Hell company, yeah. if any popcorn company wants to sponsor the podcast, I think we need to make this something here, Mikey, because Cheese It, not a sponsor, refuses to get back to us. Uh, so, if a popcorn company wants to sponsor the popcorn games of the week, feel free to reach out. I know we need it, and uh, I really want Cheese Its right now. I don't even don't care about the sponsor. I just want Jesus now that you mentioned it. <laughs> Hashtag not a sponsor. But, Mikey, the not Monday night sponsor. game is an absolute stinker. Like we mentioned, the Dolphins head to Heinz Field to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who who are we playing in this game other than James Conner? Uh, the Steelers' defense is probably the stream of the week True. for 
defenses. Um, and actually, if you look at the Steelers' schedule, uh, next week they have the Indianapolis Colts, but every single game after that, it's a cakewalk. So I think the Pittsburgh Steelers um, are going to, over the next eight weeks, I think they're going to shape up to be a top six, top seven defense almost on a weekly basis. So if you can pick them up and start them against Miami, you'll be able to start them for the rest of the season. You won't have to worry about your defense. Two more questions with this game. Are we going duck hunting with Devlin Duck Hodges? And do we like Vance McDonald as a tight end streamer in this game? I I do like Vance McDonald as a streamer in this game. I will start him as a back-end tight end one in a desperation mode. And for the Dolphins, we just hope Kenyon Drake gets traded somewhere soon do now do you think that uh juju smith schuster can finally have a juju smith schuster yeah i think he can be a flex in this game but as we've seen before the dolphins somehow shut down keenan allen and i, I don't know if that was because philip rivers was playing but uh i don't know it'll be tough i think you can i think you gotta play him because you drafted him as high as you did um but i think he's like a, a flex until we see uh the duck man launch a duck call to uh to juju now, I know he's not his own fantasy player, but he is on that uh, Steelers defense. Minka Fitzpatrick in this one. Oh, yeah, um, this is the Minka revenge game. Yeah, do you think that uh, he is going to have a stellar game, or do you think he's going to say, Dolphins, you can have this one. Thank you so much for getting me out of there. <laughs> uh, I think he's going to add insult to injury. Give me a little prop bet. I don't even know if this is a real one or not. probably is because it's a revenge game, but Minka Fitzpatrick gets at least one interception. Yeah, I'm 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 all aboard on that one. I think it's definitely possible. I'm gonna but, parlay uh, it with uh, Minka gets an interception and Gary Conley gets an interception as they both play against their former teams this week. That would be interesting. A little that interception interesting. parlay. I think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible, especially given the quarterbacks they're up against. Definitely. But uh, there you have it. So that is all of our starts and sits on the week. And uh, that's also our episode for the week. We, uh, you know, obviously we went through our starts and sits at the beginning of the episode. We went through our great guys of the week, bad guys of the week. And, of course, we mentioned our friends over at trophysmack.com. Uh, again, trophysmack.com. If you go over there and use our code GOALINE, that's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E, you can receive free shipping, free engraving, and a $59 championship ring for absolutely free with any championship trophy or belt purchase. You can't beat that. Again, you can't beat that. Go get your damn trophies, go get your damn belts, and then you get your damn ring. Do the damn thing. No doubt. And uh, just like we would give our friends over at trophysmack.com five stars, We hope you'll give us five stars, too. And, Kyle, please tell them where they can do that for us. Definitely. So make sure you're following us on Twitter, at UndergroundPHI. You get all that good Philly sports stuff, and that's where you get all the good Goal Line uh, fantasy football podcast tweets from. And follow Goal Line on Twitter at Goal underscore Line underscore FFB. You can follow Mikey on Twitter at GFF underscore Mikey. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Shout out to AOL Instant Messenger for that one. Uh, And then, obviously, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star ratings and reviews with your fantasy questions, fantasy stories, anything. Just leave them in there. And uh, once we get to 300 overall five-star ratings and reviews, I will read all of them on a separate podcast to absolutely demolish my uh, vocal cords. 
And if you don't have an iPhone, you can follow us, Mikey, on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, and you can stream and follow us on iHeartRadio. Stream the hell out of us on there. That is the third platform we're really, really plugging uh, along with Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So follow us on iHeartRadio. Stream the hell about stream the hell out of us on there, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be at the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards someday soon. But uh, that's where you can get all that podcast goodness every time that uh, it hits your subscription boxes on whatever podcast app you use. Absolutely. So for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and of course for Goal Line Fantasy Football. Thank you for tuning in this week, and we look forward to seeing you guys again next week. Popcorn companies, hit me up. Peace.